Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome to the Talking Deen podcast. I'm your host, Majid, and today I have with me Brother Rash and Brother Aftab. How are you doing, brothers? Assalamu alaikum, bro. Welcome, Assalam. Alhamdulillah, good, good. I thought I'd bust out of the United top because then I finally had a chance to play some football after all this lockdown. <laughs> Okay, subhanAllah, I see your brother after I was wearing uh, a football jersey. I think we're all wearing football jerseys today. What's going off? Is it because the uh, the Euros are coming up somewhere? <laughs> no idea, no idea. I think it's just that the sun's out, so maybe it's just a, it puts you in a slightly better mood. Yeah, that's true. That's true, man. Afi, how's it going, man? It's been a while since, uh, I think, a few podcasts ago you was on. How's, how's things? Yeah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Um... I think, uh, same as everyone, really, trying to uh, live as normal life as possible. Yeah, man. Yeah, alhamdulillah. It's, um, it's one of those things, really, uh, when, you, uh, when you look at your own situation, and obviously we've had a, a, a different type of year, but then, you know, when you, subhanAllah, when you, when you uh, hear stories where, for example, where, you know, in, in France, where there's uh, been talk about passing a new law uh, to do with, for example, banning the uh, actual the Islamic dress for women um, before 18 years old. So obviously it's not a law that's passed, but it's one of those things that there's, these are the things that we sort of take for granted, uh, whilst other places people are having a lot of issues. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, we've had a, an awkward year or so, but I think, you know, uh, in the grand scheme of things, Alhamdulillah, we, we're still in a much better situation than many of our brethren out there. No doubt. I think we're, we're starting to probably see some of that coming across in into the UK as well, aren't we? So you're right. I think, I'm not sure. I don't know what you guys think. Do you think it will actually go past the National Assembly? Because I think um, it has to be passed by them before it becomes a rule over there or by law. I, I don't think so. I mean, it's the same thing with the with the chicken, isn't it? The poultry. Mm, the um, you know, it's like, because the thing is with the halal chicken, then, you know, what's going to happen about kosher and stuff like that? But what 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 one thing they do, one thing this does show is that, you know, sometimes they try to introduce a law which is just, say, going to ban a certain aspect of Islam or something, right? And even within that aspect, there might be a difference of opinion. For example, the niqab. So you'll have people coming out saying, yeah, you know what? Uh, niqab is not mandatory In fact, some people might even say It's not even part of Islam Like Rash mentioned in the last podcast, right? But what they don't understand Is, listen, today they'll take this rule Then tomorrow they'll take something else Then it'll be your meat Then it'll be the way your women dress Then it'll be, you understand? If you, if you allow, if you start allowing The kuffar to uh, Even if it's things which are like probably uh, they don't, you know, it's not part of your school of thought to say you follow, but it's part of Islam, right? If you start, if you allow them to start banning things, uh, don't think it's going to stop there. You know, I think the other, the other thing to 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 bear in mind with these things is that uh, for, for a number of decades now, they've been trying to get Muslims to, as a whole, to get involved in the political structure 
um, and have some representation so that the Muslims way of life is monitored by the state or it's, it's in agreement with the state. And this isn't just in France, this is in Europe as a whole. And um, if you remember a number of years, about, uh, years ago when uh, there was this rise of the right wing, um, and at that time, people were saying, look, we need representation like the Jews have and, you know, we, we need to do the same. And if you look at if you look at um, what's been happening in recent times, there's been an attack on Islam, but they're using their freedoms as a basis for that attack on Islam. And although Muslims can see the hypocrisy of the freedoms in order to avoid this ban, they need to get involved in the political structure and use that freedom as the premise to say, well, you're promoting this idea. For me, as a woman, I prefer to dress like this. Or as a guy, I want to dress like this, or I want to eat this kind of meat. So this was, this, these are my freedoms that I'm executed. So they may not necessarily believe in it, but in order to defend it, they'll have to endorse it and use it as a basis. And that's the da dangerous precedent, because once you go down that route, then it's all over because then you have to justify everything via those freedoms. Subhanallah. And the reality is, is that then if that's your premise, then again, it boils down to if, if it's my freedom to wear this, yeah. it's also someone's freedom not to wear it. Okay. Exactly. So actually, you know what? We talk about freedom and stuff. It's, it's interesting because there's uh, quite a few topics uh, we want to discuss today. Uh, I want to start off uh, first segment speaking about what happened at the uh, school in Batley. Uh, in regards to the cartoons of the messenger, well, of someone's uh, vile imagination of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, because obviously, you know, he is free from the imagination of these vile people. Also, uh, it'd be good to discuss about what's hap what happened in Bangladesh only last week. And and also, because Ramadan's coming up, I think, you know, uh, the same old moon wars and stuff like this, the same discussion is going to continue. And even though we've done a podcast uh, on it previously, probably not only go into the technicalities like we have done, we can always point people towards that, that, that previous podcast, but certainly let's discuss about it. And we've got some important messages in regards to unity and things like this. So inshallah, let, let's begin off speaking about the issue in Batley, obviously, because you guys are speaking about freedoms and stuff. Um, so Afi, what happened in, if someone doesn't know, what happened in Batley? So first of all, people may not even know where Batley is. So uh, Batley is just a small little, uh, it's, well, I don't even, even if you know it's just a little town, but it's, 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 it's part of basically Greater Dewsbury, if you like. So it's on the outskirts of, of uh, Dewsbury and, and Leeds. Um, and you know what, I, before we go into that, just to give you a little context of Dewsbury as well, um, I mean, my in-laws are from there and it's a small community and it's a very quiet community. You never hear about anything happening in Dewsbury. You know, it never comes up on the news and there's a large, um, it's a large tabliki community there as well. Uh, and they have the, uh, the Merkas there and, you know, they have the international tabliki conference there as I well. I think that's the main place, you know. Dewsbury is probably the international capital. So yes. as you know, um, the, the brothers from the tabliki Jamaa are very, it's a very, I don't know if passive is the right word, but you know, they're, they're non-confrontational, you know. They're, no, they're, they're not like, at all. They're just really nice, humble brothers. So, you know, you, it's not a very confrontational community, mm. like, you know, like what you, you probably get around, <laughs> around where I live. Um, so here you've got a quiet community who keep themselves to themselves, uh, get on with their daily business. They try to get, you know, they promote the message of Salah, et cetera, to everyone, a noble, noble message. But... Um, here, there was a teacher who um, showed 
derogatory uh, pictures, uh, or, you know, or caricatures of, of um, you know, what he was saying was Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sitting on a sitting on a sitting on a bomb. So you know, is the, the the image isn't different to what we perhaps seen elsewhere. Uh, but what what did happen was that as a result of this, when the kids went home and told their parents, the uh, the local community mobilized outside the school the next day and uh, did you know, generally a quiet protest uh, demanding demanding the resignation or suspension of, of, of the teacher involved. Um, so that's basically what happened there. Mm. Um, but I think naturally, as is the media, and that there are elements of... Uh, of uh, of, of the media who will then try to position this in a completely different way, which is probably what your your well, it happened. Yeah. Hmm? No, this is what happened. I mean, because yeah. I don't know the uh, the details in regards to even how many people, but I was listening to this one interview and uh, there was someone from the Henry Henry Jackson uh, Henry Henry Jackson Foundation. Yeah. And uh, the way he was making out was as if there was a mob out there who was wanted the guy's head to be chopped off. Exactly. You know what I mean? But. Uh, so I mean, okay, that's what happened. But what what are your thoughts on 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 this issue? I mean, because uh, I think the guy got sacked. No. He was suspended. I haven't heard about being sacked, and there was a number of other teachers who have been suspended, and the school issued an apology. Yeah. Okay. So um, I mean, what what should we take away from this? Because uh, you can say that okay, well, in France, it's it's a bit more hardcore. So mm. you know, was this was this a win for for Muslims? Was it a win for Islam? The fact that this guy. He, he did what he did, and the schools, uh, the authorities sort of cut down, not like in France where they actually uh, praise the uh, the position of the teacher. Here, what they've done is they've, they've suspended him. Yeah. Um, so is that job done? Um, or or is, this, is, this, is this issue, there was one issue, but now what's being used is uh, by the media, by the, the, the people, the enemies of Islam, is being used to... <coughs> Uh, push another agenda yeah so what i noticed that is firstly in relation to what afi was saying is um it what they were apparently charlie hebdo images Mm. so you know so we didn't know initially it was just you know sometimes we we're not happy with any images depicting the prophet but there's a difference between any image and the disgusting images that charlie hebdo usually portray yeah, yeah, yeah. Even can you remember recently after this Meghan Markle interview um, that the Charlie Hebdo did a, a picture where it showed the Queen kneeling down on Meghan in the same way as the George Floyd um, thing. So yeah. we yeah. know what type of imagery this Charlie Hebdo kind of content pu- pushes forward. So first and foremost, anybody who was thinking, you know, why are Muslims offended? It's not just about caricatures and cartoons is the disgusting nature of some of this imagery um, so yeah so what you're saying is one thing someone could attempt to portray yeah exactly. and the other one is where it's like blatantly there to insult and the reason why i mentioned that is like if you read some of the comments you know like we the thing with social media especially Facebook and stuff, it's very much an echo chamber. You won't see this unless you go searching for it. If you look at some of the more right-wing and even some of the newspapers who wrote about this, remember the newspapers portrayed it in a very much way where they went with some headlines talking about the teacher going into hiding because he was scared for his life. Oh yeah, Muslims are going to come and kill me. But that 
exactly portrays that mob mentality is trying to highlight that these Muslims are out on the streets. They're going to be trying to kill this person, same as what happened in in France. So immediately they try to push the focus onto Muslims, whereas actually the fact that the school is investigating now and that two other teachers have been suspended too, again, it's not a victory. What, what have they been suspended for? Well, they, apparently they've been suspended because they knew this content was going to be taught and they didn't say right. anything about it. But there's going to be more that gradually comes out. But the mainstream media aren't covering those bits. The mainstream, as we know why, they're just covering the bits of, oh, look, look at these Muslims outside of schools. And then if you read some of the right wing kind of comments that are on some of these pages, it's like there was a, a child at that school who started a petition in, in support of the teacher. Yeah. Uh, a Muslim child. No. This, this is a non-Muslim child in support of the teacher who was suspended. Yeah. Be saying along the lines of, you know, it's a freedom of speech, you know, he's allowed to do that. Why have we suspended him? And even that petition has got like 70 or 80,000 um, signatures. So, but on the basis that they feel that it's their right to insult because of their freedom of speech and their freedom of expression. But as we know, we, this is highlighting the hypocrisy of this whole notion of freedom of speech, because when it's like, I think you mentioned the other day, Madge, when it's like another example, like the Megan example, people were offended by that. When it was the BLM stuff, this, mm. there's some Muslim so-called leaders that are coming out and having a go at the, the Muslims who protested. Those are the same Muslims that supported the BLM movement and said something needs to be done. But now they're saying, oh, take, take the concept of mercy from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and be merciful to these people. Come on, you know, when it's, when it's Muslims, we need to show mercy. But when it's other people, it, it's, it's not, you know, then we need to be in, in rage. It's, it's really bad. So um, in terms of your quick question, in terms of your question, in a, in a nutshell, um, I think it's not really a victory when we just say, you know, the teacher's been suspended because a victory would mean that, you know, this stuff doesn't happen at all. But we know it's just going to happen again at another school at another time because they're going to keep um, putting their so-called freedoms on a pedestal and they think it's okay to do this type of thing. But are, are, we, are we surprised? Because, you know, when I was watching a lot of the news coverage, mm. they kept talking about uh, uh, Britain is a liberal mm. Western country. Yeah. Kept saying that, liberal Western country, right? So it just seems as if, you know, what's happening is is two, two trains are on course for a collision mm. because someone's going to have to give because you know, they're saying that Islam shouldn't, Muslims shouldn't be exempt from any, uh, should be given special treatment. Yeah. And they ignore the fact that the messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, actually they don't ignore, they do it on purpose, I believe. Right, they know he's more dearer to us than even our parents. Okay, so if you just went down the street and just start shouting to people, or oh, your mom's this and your dad's that, you're gonna get your head kicked in, yeah, basically, yeah. right? You know, and and here this is someone who's more dearer to us than our parents, right? Mm. So, but there's there's gonna there's a clash that's coming. So, but but first point, if it's a liberal democratic Western country, and you should be able to practice this. Uh, freedom of speech and freedom of criticism or whatever you want to call it, right? Then, A, should we be surprised when this happens? And B, should it not be that Muslims should then accept it or Muslims should then 
speak out against it but then at the end of the day one of the two is going to have to give give yeah, there, there's there's no other way no no so i don't think muslims should be surprised in the slightest but what do you know what's happening we need to be aware of this is we naturally understand that the right wing or the mm. people who you know are, are pushing kind of anti-islam they're attacking muslims and even they're attacking their own state for not coming down on this properly yeah so that's one kind of niche they're saying that look why do we have these sensitivities for muslims you know they're looking at it look why has the teacher been suspended all of these things they're pushing that narrative but i think what's more dangerous is the mainstream media are pushing a slightly different narrative they're not highlighting that these are outright derogatory images they're just highlighting that oh it's a cartoon you know if someone just says it's a cartoon if someone said oh so and so showed a cartoon of your of your mum yeah or your mother um you go okay i don't want anybody doing that but there's a difference between saying cartoon of your mother and something disgusting depicting a disgusting yeah. act yeah but the mainstream media isn't highlighting that so the center not just the right wing the center those people who maybe are a bit more liberal maybe are just thinking you know what what is wrong with these muslims why do they get so offended just by a cartoon but they're not being told that these are disgusting cartoons so the bbc and some of these other channels they're just like oh muslims protesting against cartoons of muhammad sallallahu sallam that's different that is can you see how that creates a oh a, a narrative amongst the masses like oh what the hell's wrong with these guys why are they annoyed by this yeah i know i, I never uh, i feel come, come to you in a sec i just want to add to that point because i never saw it like that mm. i never saw it that the way they promote it is just uh, just a cartoon yeah but if you think about it even the way they insult the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam even if it was a sense like look we want to achieve something by this discussion <laughs> so we're going to do some huh? we want to achieve so this is blatantly just insulting someone you don't gain anything so that's a really good point rash and uh, uh, that uh, just occurred to me but yeah afi you you're going to say something bro yeah um it, it's uh, i agree with everything rash says but i probably just want to tackle it from a slightly different angle so the reaction of you know our brothers and sisters in in, in batley it wasn't just their reaction the reaction was ours it was as a muslim community we are offended and we will not tolerate any insult to our messenger because like you said the messenger is you know we love our messenger more than we love our own parents in fact you know the 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 um, the, uh, the example where surah uh, of um, the sahaba where moses no, said Omar bin Hattab said you know i love you more than everyone except myself Yeah. and then um, you know Moses so said no you, you need to love me more than you love yourself yes. and Omar bin Khattab corrected himself so this is the reality of, of of what our relationship with our messenger is and you know the the the, the caricatures and the, the cartoons it started before Charlie Hebdo remember when they started in Denmark you know probably about 10 yeah, years ago yeah true and the reaction from the muslims since then to now has been the same we will not tolerate any insult to our messenger yes. so that, that and i think i just want to highlight that that's the first thing and the second thing is this this example goes to show that regardless of how much people try to integrate within society try to keep themselves to themselves because the public community yeah, they, they, they're not confrontational right True. this is what i was trying to highlight before they're not confrontational. okay yeah. yeah when it comes to this issue they will not tolerate it 
And this is the situation from the Muslims as a whole. So I think the reaction is a good reaction. Mm. So yeah. The reaction itself, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, the of course. problem then becomes, once we start to look at the solutions on, on what you were saying, how are we going to stop this? Or in fact, do we expect them to stop it? Mm. And that's when we start to go down that route, we're going to start thinking, right, wait a minute, one's perhaps more dangerous than the other. Mm. Because uh, one, uh, and this is where people start to stand out within the Muslims community. So this isn't just, I mean, from the Kufar, we expect it, right? From the media, we expect it. We know every Muslim knows that the media is biased towards Islam. They're hypocritical in their approach. You know, they'll defend something against the Jews or uh, other communities. But when it's against Muslims, it automatically becomes okay. Uh, and that's misreporting. So Muslims know this, we expect this. From amongst the community now, you're getting two groups. One saying, this is unacceptable. We want action. All right. You know, there, there might be some naivety in there, but they want it. So there's, there's nothing malicious there. It's from the other side, those who try to try to emerge as leaders who are trying to say, leave it, man. The guy's done it. Let him do it. You know, freedom of speech. We're living in a capitalist society or Western society. Let it happen. And these are the ones who are, this is that premise, which is, which is the dangerous one. I think from, from my side, and these are the conversations I have with the, the, the Muslims is, we're going to expect it. They're going to do it again. This isn't this isn't the first time, and it's definitely not going to be the last, right? So now we need to think about why are we going to the people who are doing this to us? Mm. It's a bit like going to, and I think there's an example I read back about when the, the collapse of the Ottoman state and the people were going to, um, you know, the, you start going to the British, etc., for support. As in yeah, the yeah, that's right. Islam. That's and it's a bit like going to. It's a bit like going to the person who's just stabbed your mother in the back holding the dagger with the blood coming out and saying, are you going to come and help me now? Well, what kind of help are you going to expect from them? These are the people who are doing this, you know? So why would you go to the people for help and support to the very people who are persecuting you? Mm. And I think this is where people need to start but you know, you know there's, and just applying a bit of thought to it. You know, there's two countries you, 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 you gave though. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. If you're enjoying this podcast so far, please make sure to subscribe to all of our socials, especially YouTube. And if for any reason you're not enjoying this podcast, then please make sure to contact us on Facebook or Instagram and let us know what we can do better and how we can improve. Jazakallah khair. Alhamdulillah, when, Alhamdulillah, what you see is that the second category where people have come out and said, nah, nah, you know, look at these people come out like a mob and stuff like that or don't do anything. In fact, they get slated. They get slated. Alhamdulillah. That's a good sign. Yeah, that's that's a good sign. They get slated like, you know, like Uncle Tom or, or whatever you want to call them, right? Um, so it's, it's a difficult one because I think if we look in history, okay, and, and look at the examples when uh, our beloved messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whether whether it's the time when he was still alive and, and after, we see that in fact, Islam, uh, because it's a comprehensive deen, Islam provides even the mechanism of how you protect the honor of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we've seen that when the Muslims had that capability, right, when the French dared to uh, insult the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, at that time, the Ottomans warned them. They warned the British, right? In the past, you know, people were dealt with for, for what they did. Um, so what you see is that until we don't have that mechanism, 
these things are going to continue. But the point I'm saying here, and the important point I'm saying is that, first of all, uh, the normal people, and this goes back to what Rash was saying, I think it's a fantastic point. The normal people on the street, they, like non-Muslims, they just see this as a cartoon, okay? So they're not, they, they themselves are probably not like, you know, they're not going to be, if they probably saw the cartoon, they're probably like, this, this is going too far, right? The normal people, they're probably, you know, uh, but first point is they don't even believe in the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anyway, right? In fact, if you're gonna if you're gonna say it as it is, for them to not believe in him means they claim he's a liar because he claimed he's a prophet, right? Okay, and then you got those people that are malicious. So these people are going to continue doing this, continue doing this. What I think is, as Muslims, obviously I'm talking about you know without having that mechanism to prevent the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam, we can't do that. But in the meantime, uh, as you know, I think what we can do is that. Um, as Muslims, we shouldn't be on the defensive. And what we should do is, you know, even to the normal person, the normal, even the non-Muslim, because all the Muslims are united on this, right? The non-Muslims, it shows, look, the hypocrisy in your system. Why is it that your media shows Muslims as being violent and, 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 and gangsters and, and, you know, bloodthirsty, but they're being agitated. And even if you look at, if you read some of the principles to do with freedom of speech, and the harm principle and all of these things, what you can see is that when speech becomes something which is incitement, mm -hmm. then it goes, freedom of speech doesn't, doesn't actually hold any weight there. Some people say, oh, well, okay, well, this is an incitement. Of course it's incitement. Mm -hmm. You're inciting these people. You're, you're, you're ridiculing. You're not just drawing a picture like Rush said. You are insulting on a next scale that which is dearer to them than their own lives, right? And you don't think that's incitement. So as Muslims, what my message would be, okay, in the current situation, okay, is expect this, don't be surprised, but always hold hold your ground where this is a this is something which you can continue doing it, but we're never gonna accept it. We're never gonna say it's your freedoms, but also I would say we should point out the erroneous uh the er their erroneous system to the normal people to show how. You know, this what they show as a picture of Islam isn't true. I agree with you, but I, I would probably say I would go a step further. If I, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I'll just give you an example of, um, you know, when Muhammad did the, the, did, the, did the night journey and he came back and uh, he, he said to the people, look, I've just been to Jerusalem and back in one night. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, people said, uh, you know, and uh, I think it was Abu Jahl at the time, he goes, will you be prepared to say this in front of everyone? Because mm -hmm. they wanted to ridicule him. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And then when Abu Bakr came, and uh, Radhi Allah, when he came and he said, look, your friend, he claims he's been to Jerusalem and back in one night. You know, yeah, he's gone mad. And Abu Bakr's response is the response that we should have, which is, his response was clear. If he said it, then I believe him. End of. Yeah. Because he's a messenger. We've already established this. Mm. And here is the conviction in Islam and in Muhammad which then dictated what Abu Bakr his response was. And we need to, we need to go back. We, we need to go back to those basics. We need to understand Islam. We need to understand the role of the messenger, the proof of his messengerhood, and the, the miracle of his, uh, the, the Quran and Islam. And we need to fight back with fire. Because what they're trying to do in all the examples that you've given is they're trying to say, 
the West is this intellectual entity. Mm. We use our mind, we look Rational. at rationally, you know, we look at the situation and we're applying thought, mm. you know, sensible, you know, modern thinking. Mm. These guys are just some stirred on Muslim and they think they're back in the desert. Mm. Mm. And we need to fight it. So actually, what you call intellect is actually sheer stupidity. Mm. Let's have an intellectual discussion. You're yeah. saying Muhammad is a you know, Islam promotes violence. Well, let's look at when Islam was implemented for 1400 years. What kind of violence was there? Let's, let's talk to you about what society was like. Yeah, let's talk about the last 100 years of capitalism. Let's talk about the last 20 years of America and Britain uh, and uh, how many people have they killed in the Muslim Billions. world. You know, there's, more, there's been more attacks on Muslims than these so-called terrorist attacks. Mm. Yeah, so where is, where is the balance? Is it Islam or is it capitalism? So let's have that discussion. And this is where it's going to agitate them more because they're not prepared for an intellectual conversation because they, they, they haven't got the ability to have this, these types of conversations. Yeah, yeah. As Muslims, we need to, this is how we need to rise above it. And this is how we're going to defend Islam by proving Islam is the truth. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. And you know what? This is why I highlight the, the other people other than the so-called right wing, yeah? Because I think the, the public opinion is more dangerous. Rather than waiting, for, you know, like if a, an EDL member comes along and says certain negative things towards Islam and towards the Prophet wasallam, even so, your common person who wouldn't associate with them will go, no, that guy's crazy. We don't agree with him. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to build a public opinion amongst the masses. You know, if the public opinion amongst the masses is that, oh, Islam is backwards. These mm. Muslims, they don't think intellectually. Why are they getting riled up about a cartoon? Haven't they got more important things to worry about? Mm. Why don't, you know, they'll even say, well, just assume that's not your prophet. Just assume that just so a cartoon. Mm. So the common person suddenly goes, these Muslims are irrational. Yeah, they're just getting riled up, even though they should just let it go. Because in their way of life, comedy, you know, like when you have these sketches, comedy sketches and stuff, the freedom to insult is something uh, satire, that, and stuff satire and stuff. They they adopt this because they see it as a form of entertainment. So mm. now your public opinion amongst people has become that. And I'm, this is where you're not talking about your ADL and your right wing. The masses start mm. to go, you know, OK, I know some Muslims and they're OK, but maybe Muslims are all irrational people who mm. get really angry at the slightest issue. And, you know, do we want them living amongst us? And, mm -hmm. and that's why I think we need to focus on that. Sometimes that public opinion is building and that's what the media and many other apparatus are pushing towards. And I'll, I'll give you an example um, of this, this lack of intellect from them. Um, I was at a conference um, a number of years ago and um, I was sitting in the hotel lobby and uh, one of my colleagues from my own team mm. right, came and sat next to me and he goes, um, he'd probably been drinking, you know, which, uh, which uh, obviously doesn't help matters. And uh, he, he turned around and he says to me, um, you know, I, I think you're a good guy. I really like you, but you know, I've got this problem with the prophet Muhammad. I was like, oh, okay. And then there's a few other people who weren't drunk and you know, they started to feel a bit uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, no, don't worry, let, let him carry on talking. And he goes, yeah, you know, Jesus was a man of peace and he promoted uh, peace and equality for all. And uh, the prophet Muhammad, he was all about the sword. I was like, okay. And he goes, yeah, you know, they're not right. One is more credible than the other, pretty much. So I go, I go look, it's not, it's not even worth discussing this. The premise of what you've just said, it all depends on whether 
Jesus, as you've just labeled him, is who he claims he is. Mm. And if Muhammad, the prophet, is who we claim he is. So why don't we have a discussion to prove who was who first, and then we'll have a discussion about what they've done. Mm. And then at that point, you could tell that they're actually feeling comfortable and he was not prepared to have that discussion. Okay, you can't have it. It's no use to even having this discussion. Because, yeah. you know, for you, you've already got your premise and for us, it's got ours. But I'm prepared to defend mine. Mm. Or are you prepared to defend yours? That's why I just, just want to add to that as well, Afi. Uh, uh, listen to the, the seerah of uh, Sheikh Anwar Laki, Rahimahullah. Uh, may Allah grant him Jannat of Fridos. And, and he, in that, he mentions, you know, like the attack on the messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and, and, and the marriage of Aisha and, and also the marriage of uh, when he married the divorcee of uh, Zaid ibn Haritha. And uh, I'm sure it was him. He said he was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was him. Right, yeah, yeah. And 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 what he said was that from all the marriages, from all the marriages, those two were divi- divinely instructed. Okay, but what he said is that if you speak to a non-Muslim and, and he's attacking, he said, no, 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 listen, you got it wrong. From all the marriages, these two were divinely instructed. He was saying, well, that's convenient, isn't it? <laughs> the two that are problematic. Were divinely. So he goes, look, it doesn't matter. Why? Because they don't believe in the messenger. Yeah. They don't believe he his claim is, is, is true. So the discussion shouldn't even be about this and that and marriages and, and ages and stuff like that. Yeah. It should be about was he the messenger or not? And I think we should stick to that. And uh, and yes, one, one last point I want to mention this and then we can, we can move on to the next segment. Because I think you guys have made all the all the points, but you can add if you want to. Uh, just that Afi mentioned how the West tried to show they were rational, rational and stuff like this, right? But don't you think it's irrational that, uh, in the sense that you can insult people and they shouldn't respond? You know, in in everyday in everyday life, in everyday life, if you see people. Insult, insulting people on the street or someone just walk, I mean think about it man you watch all these like uh, all star is it all star I think videos on uh, on on Facebook where there's these fights in, in America and like uh, and where does it start where one guy comes up and insults the other mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just human nature that you don't want to be insulted right so you would react so here I personally think it's irrational to say that you can say whatever you want and the person should have a right to be insulted, but he shouldn't be able to do anything. But in reality, in reality, we see this that if someone insults someone's wife, his parents, him, whatever, nowadays, even their pets, right? People are going to just, you know, the, the, the fists are going to come out. So you know what I mean? You know, I think this is where we maybe missed a slight point, yeah, in that. The reason why, you know, insulting, they, they recognize, and you know, if you study some of their principles around freedom of speech and where there's lines, remember, there are lines. It doesn't mean you can say whatever you want. For instance, yeah, they have drawn certain lines, you know, saying something about the Queen, saying something about, you know, like um, Holocaust denial and stuff like that. They have drawn certain lines where freedom of speech is not allowed yeah, or frowned upon or however you want to put it. But one thing we need to appreciate is... Um, and there's discussion about blasphemy laws now. Mm-hmm. So what the issue, I think we, the one issue maybe we haven't mentioned is that where they are allowing this kind of um, insulting um, or anybody to insult someone, where they're allowing it is in place of religion. 
because we're living in a time where they want to show religion as backwards yeah, yeah sure. they want to yeah. prop up science mm. as the modern way of thinking so all of a sudden there's discussion of blasphemy laws being you know putting you know putting um, certain blasphemy laws out you know no longer it's not mm. illegal to call out someone's religion yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, it's very yeah. intentional because they're trying to say look um, religion and people being offended because you're talking about some guy who you know existed hundreds or thousands of years ago why are you getting offended by that we're in a modern society science what, what, what's an issue in talking negatively about them they're not your own family so yeah, where yeah. we where you guys have said that we see the prophet sallallahu as more important than our own family yeah. they're basically saying how can anybody be more important to you than your family and that's why they're tackling that because they want to show religion as backwards to the masses. So the masses start to go, you know what, maybe that's true. Maybe we do need to move away from religion. So that's the other slight angle you can go down as well. SubhanAllah, SubhanAllah. Yeah, and uh, just a final point on that is the way it looks like it, Muslims are not anytime soon going to say, yes, we agree with you and you can say what you want. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, because of our love for our beloved messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they can try what they want. We will never accept it. Okay, inshallah. Moving on to the next segment um, and speak to the... Uh, it's convenient that I've got my correspondent from Bangladesh, Rush, um, here as well. So, Rush, obviously things kicked off about a week ago in Bangladesh. Um, just in case somebody uh, was maybe hibernating or something like that and they realised what happened. What happened in Bangladesh, bro? Okay, so in Bangladesh, it was like the 50th anniversary of the birth of Bangladesh and they decided to invite Narendra Modi from an Indian um, Prime Minister to, to Bangladesh just to, to commemorate um, mainly because um, obviously the, the, the Awami League who are in charge at the moment uh, Sheikh Hasina yeah um, they have good ties from the fact that you know the in India helped them during the, the War of Independence Mm. Yeah, so there's some good ties there and they thought it'd be a good idea for, for whatever reason to invite a Modi to, to Bangladesh to commemorate. Okay. Um, and obviously in Bangladesh, there's, uh, and especially the opposing party BNP, they are, there's a lot of Islamic sentiment there. Yeah, just to make, just make clear, BNP is not British National Party. It's uh... <laughs> Bangladesh National Party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, so what you see, what you saw there, was a lot of people, a lot of Muslims protesting because they recognize what Modi represents. Mm -hmm. They rep recognize that he represents an anti-Islamic Hindutva right-wing ideology. They know what, you know, the butcher of Gujarat, you know, they know what he represents mm -hmm. and they recognize that this person coming, at, especially at a time of, you know, like for, for the Muslims that are there, the ones that are especially nationalistic as well, you know, for them, this was a time of celebration and they saw this as a, a kind of a spit in the face of that. So you, you saw many Muslims protest against this, but equally you saw heavy handed tactics. And I think the death of more than 10 people um, in these protests, because the the armies and all the, the police, they were very heavy handed and actually used live ammunition. Um, and people yeah. got killed, and people were attacked in in mosques. So you know, you mentioned BMP. BMP is the opposition party, right? Opposition party, yeah. But from from the scenes that I saw, 
it seemed as if it was like Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu If you're enjoying this podcast so far Please make sure to subscribe to all of our socials Especially YouTube And if for any reason you're not enjoying this podcast Then please make sure to contact us on Facebook or Instagram And let us know what we can do better And how we can improve Jazakallah khair Islamically inclined people with, with shalwar kameez, with beards Or, or the attack in the mosque they were predominantly against this. But the BNP, I guess, that's uh, not an Islamic group, is it? Not, not an Islamic party, is it? So, you know, Hafazid, Hafazid Islam, the Islamic party over okay. there, they are aff- affiliated with BNP. Aligned. Okay. Aligned with BNP. So, yeah, so you actually did. But this is the main problem. So I'm not going to profess to be an expert in Bangladeshi politics because I'll give you just a bit of background is in our communities, since I was very young, this kind of, Awami League, BNP kind of politics has meant that people are blinded by it. You know, there's this kind of, um, you know, just because someone um, follows one party and someone follows the other party, they sometimes give credibility to a party at the expense of Islam. Yeah, so it has become that toxic sometimes that people are blinded by it to the extent they're even blinded by the fact that the war of independence was two Muslim countries, you know, the separation of Muslims, Pakistan and Bangladesh, as we can appreciate, you two brothers being from Pakistan and myself from Bangladesh, we appreciate this was a disunifying, um, this was disunifying, but obviously the many Muslims who fought at the time, they can't see past the bloodshed and the problems that happened at the time. Okay, mm. but what's happening at the moment is there are, I know many people who are Awami League supporters, but they, they at the same time, they are very much Islam inclined, but they see the things that are happening on the ground and they have associated that to the opposition party. Whereas actually they're just as frustrated by the likes of... Um, of, of Modi coming to the country. So there's been, in, in a positive way, there's been a, you know, a outpouring of, you know, we don't want this to happen. But the negative is that there's been still a clash between these two, two sides. So basically what you're saying is it's political affiliation. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just a but sad... But the thing st- is, that, you know, in the past we've spoken about, I mean, <laughs> funny enough, I'm not, I'm not attacking uh, uh, my Bengali uh, brothers. Um, but I've noticed sometimes, you know, on Facebook and stuff like that, a lot of the trolls that we would get were guys who would claim to be from Bangladesh, right? Yeah. And there's also almost this feeling that this vibe that you're getting on the, on the media, on the news, that or, or speak to people if you didn't know people on the inside, that Bangladesh is moving towards secularism and, yeah. and people yeah. are more secular there than in Pakistan and, and stuff like this, right? But things like this, Alhamdulillah. Because if you think about it, Bangladesh really, uh, you know, they're not connected to the Muslims. No, they are. But I mean, like from a nationalistic point of view, what happens in India, what happens in Kashmir, they could say that as an Indian issue. Well, well look at they it from, out. Yeah, from an emotional point of view. Look at what happened when the Prophet was um, mocked in France. Look at, you know, on this episode in Bangladesh, the Islamic sentiment, when these things happen, you always see masses and masses of people come out on the street in defense of Islam. So no doubt the Islamic sentiment in Bangladesh is, mm. is high. But you, you were right to highlight that, you know, the Awami League, their roots are very secular. 
Yeah, their definitely. roots are very secular, and what they're pushing is a secular nationalistic model. Yeah, a very a democratic secular nationalistic model, and for that reason, there are many people there who still have that very secular mindset, Western influence mindset. So you, actually, you have both, and Alhamdulillah, the 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 Islamic sentiment is there. But this other side, which is then propped up by the likes of India and anybody who wants to cause disunity among Muslims. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Afi. that's the problem. Afi, you're on mute. Yeah, sorry. No, Rash, would you say that that's no different to any other Muslim country either? So you're right. And, um, you know, they're always going to be pockets of, mm. you know, and I'd say a, a, a significant minority, if you like, uh, who will always advocate the uh, the reform and mm. you know we look, need to look towards western western ways of life or civilization to improve ourselves but if we come back down to this um, the nationalistic vibe uh, and even as we grew up as we as we've grown up we can we can, we can see that that nationalism element which had divided the pakistani and the bangladeshi communities practically non-existent mm. You know, uh, I, I've never really heard especially any... amongst yeah, the youth. Yeah, no, exactly. Especially yeah. amongst the Not youth. There. Even no, even over there, yeah. amongst the youth now. Just a very quick point. Amongst yeah. the youth, you saw an outpouring of wait there a minute. We're Muslim brothers. Well, what? Where's this disunity from? And that was going to be my point. The fact no, that on the issue of Pakistan, though. No, no, no. I think full stop. I think full stop because if you look mm. at the the whole the the the, the issues around Pakistan. And the divide and uh, you know the propaganda around the time of the Pakistan and Bangladesh divide uh, propped up by India hence why Modi thought he will uh, you know come on the piggyback of the support that they issued for Bangladesh at that time and people were going to embrace it but actually there are some people who are perhaps close to it and still remember it but the generation now remember that the, the generation that we're talking about in Bangladesh is not divided from the rest of the Muslim world. It's the same, it's, a, it's one generation. And, you know, we've, we've got representation of the Bangladesh community here that we're living with. And we can see that actually the thoughts are now that, yeah, whatever happened back then, ignore, mm. we are now brothers. Yeah, there's going to be pockets of it and they're going to try and present that this is sizable. But what's, what's, what this issue has highlighted to me, and you know, I can think of other examples as well, is that whatever the issues were in the 70s, right? Now, whatever support you Modi or India provided us, or whatever you've been doing in recent times, because mm. there's been some decent trade, you know, there's yeah, been yeah, some sizable. Uh, there's a good, there's good ties between Bangladesh and India, yeah. And and you know, Bangladesh, they've, they've been even portraying Bangladesh as one of the most uh, fastly growing economies, and economies. the quality of life is uh, that's improved for the average person in Bangladesh mm. is probably uh, they're probably leading the way. Mm. But for the Muslims there, all of that means nothing because you are persecuting my brothers, my brothers who I've never seen before. They they speak a different language from me. You know, I, I don't even know their names. I don't even know how many. I don't even know where they're living in India. Exactly. But you and what you stand for is persecuting my brothers. So whatever the mm -hmm. issues were, regardless of what Pakistan etc. was, this now is what is going to dictate my relationship with you, and and I think this. I'm just going to say that the thing is, though, I just want to add, though, that you make a really, really good point that I, they could think, oh, if we speak out against this guy, then all this uh, economic gains we have, 
then it might hinder that, right? Mm. But they didn't. They spoke they out. But one thing I want to add, and I totally agree with you, but one thing I want to make clear, though, is that the issue of what happened with the Modi is the Muslims in India and in uh, in Kashmir, okay? Now, I'm not saying that the, the, the Bangladeshi Muslims, they don't have that feeling for the Muslims in Pakistan. I'm sure they 100% do, because I, I have relatives that are Bengali. As you know, my brother-in-law is, is, is Bengali, yeah. and, and his, his father would tell you that, you know, he, he used to work in Karachi and stuff like that, so... You know, surely is there, but you know, just just to add though that the fact that they came out, and the important point I want to just emphasize that you made is a fantastic point. They came out because they saw this guy. Forget all the benefits, your butcher. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they were highlighting to their leaderships. That yeah. look, it doesn't matter that these guys are it's having you know beneficial to us. We are not happy with this at all. And you know, one really good thing, and this is this is what highlights. The public opinion and the importance of it yeah so the public opinion over there the importance is you know you know bangladeshis and i'm sure pakistanis we love we love our cricket yeah no doubt, so, no so when shakib al hassan came out and said some things which were a positive towards modi coming over people were up in uproar because look you know these sadly sometimes they look at sports figures as like these gods sometimes because of what they've achieved and things and he obviously being like a former captain and stuff like that he has credibility but it highlights the public opinion that you know when someone in a position of influence and they can say something that might influence many people if they say it and the public opinion is against that then there's a backlash yeah whereas what you get is then and this is quite important what you need is if the masses have an opinion which is pro islam positive and is the correct idea then these people who are in positions of influence and power they have to be a bit careful what they say now he's got to think sec next time he's going to think wait there a minute I, to be popular i need to start saying the right things this is why sometimes even when we talk about the likes of erdogan in in turkey and stuff like that we need to appreciate that um it's not just about what that person says if we if the level of the muslims and their ideas about islam can increase all of a sudden we will push those leaders and imams and scholars to say the right things even if they don't mean it from within at least if they're saying the right things that has a positive domino effect on on public opinion about islam and and that was an example bangladesh was an example of this in the recent this recent episode and 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 just to um, just to add to that i mean the reason why we were talking about pakistan and bangladesh was because that was the basis of the relationship bangladesh had with mm. india which was that they used the Pakistan Bangladesh incident yes you're uh, right you're right as 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 the, as, the, as the reason and and i think what we want to highlight here is that you know the way that is being portrayed and some of the way that you read about what apparent what pakistani soldiers did to the yeah, the exactly. muslims of bangladesh is horrific horrific you know? yeah you know there's no and, way you could defend that and this is what makes it difficult for our parents generation so yeah. what we've noticed recently in this discussion is when we've discussed with our parents they can't see past that and i don't blame yeah. them because they were there and it happened in front of their eyes so when yeah. we say to them look we need to put that behind us and look we're muslims we need to come together they can't however what we see is positive is the youth are saying you know what we need to step back and we need to see who our common enemy is exactly and, and and that's the crux of the matter which shows the strength of the islamic idea that when someone with the resources with the media and with the propaganda machine 
will portray one or one angle to try and arouse your emotions, to agitate you to think in a certain way. When you've got the Islamic thought and emotions correctly, that will override the rubbish that someone else is going to feed you. And that is what we've seen in Bangladesh. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, no, 100%. Yeah, sorry, Rashko. Tiny, tiny example is also compare that with when the likes of Modi went to some of these Arab countries and they were putting garlands of exactly of gold garlands and all of these things. Where was the, the uproar then? So it just highlights that, okay, emotion isn't going to achieve everything, but emotion at least shows that people care and yeah. people want change and people are not happy with something. I so think that, to be positive. honest with you, the important point, I think, you, to, I, I, didn't, I didn't visualize it in the way you guys have, have sort of spelled it out. And it's, it's subhanAllah, because I was just saying, look, alhamdulillah, the, the Muslims of Bangladesh are on the front line, you know, but they, they're always there to speak about the Ummah. Okay, when it's the insulting the messenger, that's in a way it's a given. Muslims are going to do that. 100%. But here you had the, the, the Bangladeshi Muslims who came out in support of their brothers in Kashmir and, yeah. and, and in India. But the points that you're making is, is where you've linked India to being the savior of Bangladesh, first point. And secondly, the fact that today, they are benefiting from this really close relationship with India, but even with that in the, in the mix, that has not made the Muslims uh, move away and think, actually, it, you know what, if we speak out against this guy, mm. it could hurt our belly, it could hurt our stomach, it hurt our pockets. They didn't do that. They came out and they <laughs> made their voices heard. Mm. And this subhanAllah really um, is, 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 is amazing. And, and you know when you see the examples of the, the issue that happened in Batley and the fact that the Muslim world is united in its in uh, contempt for what, 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 what the teacher did um, and the fact of what's happened in Bangladesh and actually the Muslim world is behind a supportive and of of, uh, of 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 the brothers in Bangladesh, and you know um, they got loads of respect, man. Loads the, of people saying, yeah, respect. And, and this this these examples for me highlight. The Ummah is not in a bad place. You know, we, we, we might be in a bad place in the sense of... Um, Wars, infrastructure, death. Uh, and, you know, the, 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 we're two billion people, but we're kind of like, we're, we're not working as a cohesive mm. unit at the end. But these examples go to highlight that actually people are often highlighting the differences that exist between us, whether you pray like this, I pray like this, or, um, you know, are you following the moon from Saudi Arabia for Eid, or are you going to follow Morocco, which is your nearest country? These are artificial issues, and they're temporary, which emerge mm -hmm. once a year, or, uh, you know, or twice a year, or something like that. But these examples that we've just talked about here today, the two issues, the uh, battle issue and the, uh, the, the issue in Bangladesh, which is reflective of the Muslim world as a whole, mm. it goes to show the fact that there is something burning in Muslims, which is what is causing fear for the non-Muslims, and that's why the Muslims are a target. And that cannot be a bad thing. Is it where we want it to be? Probably not. We, you know, it needs to be, the flame needs to be fanned a bit, I think. Oh. But it highlights the fact that there is something really positive happening in the Muslim world and amongst Muslims as a whole, which anyone then tries to belittle and write off, it would be uh, playing a very dangerous game. What I would say, uh, and then inshallah we'll move on to the final segment, because it's actually linked to what you're speaking uh, about, is that I always say this, that the Ummah is connected emotionally, is connected via the hearts, but it doesn't have political unity. Mm. And I think 
I think that's that's like uh, mm, that's yeah, the yeah. main point. Like from the heart, emotionally, we're there. Uh, yeah. Whether it's Chechnya, Bosnia, whatever, and we've got countless examples, right? But actually, it leads into this issue that okay, <laughs> after you mentioned it, I already heard this in the in the a uh, 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 talk or was it yesterday or khutbah today um, about you know actually it was, it was a podcast I was listening last night that you know Muslims we can't even. Uh, uh, unite on the Eids and stuff like this. But these examples we've, which we've actually spoken about already highlights that there is a unity in the Ummah. But let's, okay, inshallah, let's, let's speak about our last segment. Inshallah, Ramadan is coming up. May Allah uh, give us enough life to see Ramadan Amen. and to benefit from it. Um, but what, one thing you do, what, one thing that, which we will get, probably on a lesser scale because of lockdown and stuff, right, is the discussion of uh, the moon, the wars, the moon wars, shall I say, you know, like as you mentioned, closest country, Saudi, etc., etc. Right now, obviously, we've done a podcast on this before, so we don't want to go into the the evidence and stuff like that. But what do you guys, what, what do you guys think about how how do you guys? Um, I mean, I got my own way, which which I'll add to it as well. But how do you guys approach this this discussion now? Is it is it a broken record, or or you know, what you got? What you what do you have to add to this? This discussion of, of what's happening. So, anyway. um, from my point of view, I, I said this last time. You know, I don't know if it's a Bengali community or not, or if it's this. You just guys see this more in the Pakistani community. But whilst we do sometimes have a slight disagreement on who starts when, we don't see it. The it's not as toxic, or we don't see the the debates as much in the Bengali community. Uh, but whenever I've spoken to yourselves, I think there's a lot, it's a lot more, especially in the past, there was a bit more vitriolic or a bit more toxic when people start really having these aggressive debates about who's right and who's wrong. Mm. Um, although, I don't know, what do you guys think? Has it seemed to calm down in recent years? Not that the discussion is still there, but I think in the past, I noticed it was a bit more aggressive, but maybe I'm just not in the right places. Well, where I will say, I feel, let me just get one bit in before you, you say, <laughs> what I've noticed is that, uh, I feel you probably agree with me is before it used to be one side used to be saying we follow the sunnah and in reality the other side was saying we follow the local imam mm. in the recent years what we have seen is actually an improvement in regards to the argument against I now you see it's not a case of look I'm just following the imam I pray behind him so how can I go against him on this matter. Now it's a case where what you've seen is sophisticated uh, uh, videos and arguments and really well done, uh, you know, videos YouTube, being videos. YouTube videos being circulated. So uh, one thing uh, one thing you do see is that the, the other side um, has sort of like come to the table now with a bit more equipment than it did previously. Yeah. Um, in regards to it being like an issue uh, it's still an issue, probably less so because of lockdown, but um, my approach is a bit different. I'll add my approach at the end. I want to hear a bit about Afi, then I'll, I'll sort of tell you what, what I do now, which is different to how I used to be before. Afi? Yeah, um, not, not, not uh, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about the moon sighting discussion because I think yeah, these are discussions that we, we always have. I think yeah. we've talked a lot about unity, so perhaps just tackle it from this angle which is people highlight this issue to say that the Muslims are disunited. Yeah, they we do. can't even do either one day. They do, and, exactly that. And although it is something that needs to be addressed because I think it's a deliberate thing, 
um, because you know when people or countries you see have really good relationships on one issue, but when it comes to the moon, they they they, they decide to play some political game. So the put that aside and I think let's talk about unity and whether the Muslims are disunited in Ramadan or uh, throughout the month and for Eid. And I, I will tackle this the way that I see it, which okay. is that when Muslims fast on the same day or are different or when they, whether they start on different days, this does not sit comfortably with Muslims. Even the ones who are adamant that the other side have got it wrong, it doesn't sit comfortably the fact that those Muslims were not fasting on the same day. Hence why there's True. a debate amongst ourselves. Hence, so hence, hence why, hence why there's a right and a wrong. Yes. There's no two rights. Yeah. So you know when when, when you have uh, the issue of uh, people praying in different ways, no one no one brings up for this issue. You say, yeah, it's difference of opinion, it's allowed. On the moon sighting, it doesn't sit comfortably with people, hence why they want to I, I, uh, to, to 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 address it. So, so let's put the start of Ramadan to a side, and then let's look at the relationship with Muslim, amongst Muslims throughout the month of fasting and see whether we are disunited. So when we go to the Taravi and uh, you know, you're standing next to people from all parts of the world, you don't speak the same language, you don't even know who they are, or you're there at iftar with each other and you're sharing your food with them. This is common practice among Muslims, this is a natural, we do it without even thinking about it. You know, imagine when we went to uh, Ramadan, when we went to uh, on Umrah in Ramadan, yeah, we used, to, we used to think, right, you know what, we're gonna go and pray uh, Maghrib, and then we'll go and uh, we'll, we'll we'll go and get KFC on the way back, but we used to leave there Yo, listen, you're not, you're not without taking any podcast, food. Huh? <laughs> you're not meant to say that we used to eat KFC on the podcast. My guess some hate me. All right, it's a bit of branding in it. So okay, so so you know we used to go there without any food, assuming we're going to get food on the way back. But we used to leave there full because people who we've never met before, never going to see each other again. Pull you. Insisted. It wasn't even them giving us food. They insisted we eat it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so this is the concept of brotherhood, right? Which we see, and it's not just in Saudi. We see this here when you go to the mosque. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. If you're enjoying this podcast so far, please make sure to subscribe to all of our socials, especially YouTube. And if for any reason you're not enjoying this podcast, then please make sure to contact us on Facebook or Instagram and let us know what we can do better and how we can improve. Jazakallah khair. You know, um, I remember when I was working down south, right, and Ramadan was the best time because I knew I was going to get homemade food <laughs> without being at home. Because when I go to the mosque, people were just giving food, sharing the, 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 the blessings with their brothers and sisters for no other reason apart from the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the fact that these guys are my brothers, right? So this is the reason why people are doing it. And this lasts throughout the entire month, the relationship that we have as Muslims with each other, it's not impacted by that decision on whether you're going to start Ramadan on this day or whether you're going to start it on that day or whether you follow the Saudis or whether you followed Morocco. So the fact of that, they highlighting that Muslims are disunited on Ramadan, Muslims are more united in Ramadan than any other time of the year. It's just that these issues have become a bit political for people to highlight differences, whereas actually the similarities and what brings us together throughout that month is far, far greater than the disagreement on uh, when the month starts. Yeah, subhanAllah, bro. That, that's that's what, that, what, 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 what an angle because a lot of people speak about it in a negative way. And, and, and think about it as well is when you do, when, so, what, when, when coincidentally, it does drop on the same day. Everyone's happy. It's like, yeah, they all happy. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, we're doing it together, right? We're doing it together, which means that there isn't, yeah, some people might say difference of opinion, mm. but the reality is, is that 
some people so the people always say we did it on the right day because mm -hmm. they know that muslims should be doing it on the right day no mm -hmm. one says your day is right and mm -hmm. our day is right because they know even though the arguments about the moons and stuff is a bit contradictory but but like you said they feel like they want to do the same day i mean what i'd add to that to be honest with you well not really adding to that but to my approach in, in the old days i was a bit like a you know a bit like a gunslinger you know what i mean um, you know, and, and you got into discussions like, listen, you're doing the wrong day, shaitan, uh, fast on Eid, and you know, and the, the sad thing is, is that there's been times where it might, and it happens up until this year, to be honest with you, probably you never know, probably happened this year, where in, my, in the same household, you know, my dad's going to be doing it on a different day, etc. And, and it, it doesn't hurt, you know, um, but before it used to be really sort of gung-ho, gung sort of like, you know, uh, approach. But what I've done recently, to be honest with you, is that um, changing my approach in the sense that, look, there's no point in attacking people because the normal person you're speaking to, he's just relying on the people that he, they trust. So, yeah. so is, there's no, no element of insincerity. That's just the way they, they, they're following who they're following. That's, that's cool. That's cool, right? So the way I see it is, look, rather than who's right and who's wrong, why is it that every year we have the same debate? And the good thing is actually linking, piggybacking on what Afi said is that in reality, Muslims do acknowledge that there's one Ramadan, there's one Eid, and Muslims should do it together, right? Agree. Yeah. Right? So, so rather than in the case of like who's right and who's wrong, discuss the issue of why is it every year we have the same issue and then link it back to the fact that in the past we had political unity. So in the past, you know the 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 what do you call them? the cannons would be fired from mm. from from Al-Aqsa, you know, uh, in the Ottoman times, and you know, and Muslims, you know, they they would do it together. Obviously, if there's a if there's an issue where people couldn't get to them and report that something's been seen, fair enough. Today we don't have that excuse, right? Because we're just so connected. But the issue I'm saying is that why is it we're having this? And you know, when I've taken that approach with people who may be doing it on a different day. We can actually have a civil discussion yeah. where they will turn around and say, you know what, bro, you're completely right. Without having one leader, without having one political unity, these, these things are going to continue. Yeah. That's more beneficial. That's more fruitful than just debating guys on the street who really are just following what their family is doing, what their imam is doing, right? Without actually dealing with the actual issue that we're not politically united, hence why the, the kufar can through their puppets they can announce it whatever day they want you understand what i say yeah, and one other thing i want to mention as well if someone's following it because their imam is telling them that means that if their imam told them to do it on the right day as an as a point mm -hmm. people follow which means that normally majority of people are followers and they look to the authorities exactly. imagine you have the authority there exactly. if you have the authority there people are not going to say actually the authority said this but I didn't see the moon. Mm. These things won't even be mentioned because they follow. Yeah. And this is why in historically we've seen this, that, you know, what removes the dispute, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, oh, you who believe, obey Allah, obey the messenger and obey those in authority amongst you. And if you have any disputes, then refer back to the Quran and Sunnah. Because as humans, as humans, we will always differ. It's our nature. Right, but we require that one bond 
that can unify our opinion on something, as an example, bring us together. Without that, is there any surprise that we see these things? I think this is just like a, a byproduct of, of a great issue, but th that's my approach. And I, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that is the better approach now, because when you go into an, an, a discussion to try and disprove someone in terms of you're doing it on the wrong day, especially if you take that approach of going, oh, you're fasting on the day of Eid, that's haram. And, you know, all of a sudden you're coming across to, you know, belittle someone and making someone feel bad what you so rather than that discussing why the issue is there how to overcome the issue is more important the only thing i'd add because you guys have covered quite a bit of it already one little point that i would add is that um this idea of local sighting is fits into this notion of nation states and this is dangerous because remember, under Islam, there is no concept of nation states. You know, we all have all of these countries, your Libya, your Jordan, your Syria, and all of these. This is Muslim land. So now suddenly that this idea, oh, you know, I believe that the sun has been, uh, sorry, the moon has been sighted in my locality. So I will fast on this day or I will do Eid on this day. All of a sudden people go, oh, that means England are doing it on this day, Syria is doing it on that day, Jordan is doing it on this day. But what that upholds is the idea that there are countries and nations under Islam, but there is not. So it pro prompts or promotes this idea of nation states, national, and national, identity. national identity, which is actually against Islam. So whenever I've discussed, I've said I've maybe approached it similar to both of you at times. But in terms of one of the other things I've tried to expose is this idea of a nation state and how we're only talking about local sightings because we have these borders that are artificial. All of a sudden, if this border wasn't there, what does local sighting mean? Where do you draw the line of what is local and what is not local? Yeah. yeah so yeah. having that discussion makes people think, wait there, you're right. This border, where did that border come from? Oh, the Kuffar drew that border in the sand when they divided us. Oh, OK. So that means if there was unity and there was a, a single leader who, who gave the call of Eid and Ramadan, then at least we would follow. So I think it's right to have the discussion in that way. And as long as that leader isn't there, as long as that unity isn't there, we will continue to do Ramadan and Eid on different days. But as long as the idea of where we want to get to becomes more clear in people's minds, when it happens, they will be like, OK, this is what we've been talking about. Just to, um, just to add to that is... And this is the one criticism I think I'd, I'd have on us as an ummah as a whole, which is our expectations on what we can achieve and what we can do are so low that it's actually instilling and reinforcing this defeatist mentality within us as Muslims as a whole. What we've highlighted today is that, um, that the ummah is united on, on a number of issues. And in fact, we're, we're, we're united on the fundamentals, the essence, the, the most important things, and we're, we're united on it. And it's clear to see, and we, we support each other, but we're allowing people then to distract us on the peripherals and directing us the wrong way. And all the examples we talked about today, whether it be the issue in Batley, the issue in Bangladesh, and the moon sighting issue, the Muslims feel one thing, 
but then there's people, staring. minority, who are staring you in a different way. Mm. And they're using the ex excuses of disunity or trying to further enhance the concept of disunity with the examples that they use to keep us suppressed as a Muslim and think we're weak, we're, we're, we're nothing. We need to think about our own interests first. We need to sort ourselves out. Forget about the bigger picture. It's not going to happen. But I think what if, if people are going to take anything from what we've done today and we've talked about today, just take away the fact that actually what we've highlighted is ignore that rubbish that people are feeding you. We are actually united. What's missing is like what you said, Matt, is our political unity. And until we raise our expectations, mm. and that's the only thing that's holding us back, those expectations that we're putting on ourselves. So until we raise those expectations, the situation is not going to change. We've got the, we've got we've got the ingredients. We've got We've got the basis, we've got the core essence of what we need. Now we just need to link it to our expectations. So what so what Afi is saying is, you know, everybody who says let's wait for Imam Mahdi, why are they saying it? Because they don't see that leader amongst them to do that unification. And they see the Muslims as, you know, oh, we're, you know, we're weak or no one is of that level. So they're waiting for the Mahdi as being that unifying leader. Yeah, so that's this this defeatist attitude and the fact that we don't think we can see people amongst us that can unite us is why we always, you know, you know how they say they put the cap on it, you know, put that cap on this idea of, oh, the Mahdi. Yeah, exactly. The Mahdi will come and all of a sudden, instantly overnight, there will be political unity. Yeah. Mm. But the reason we're waiting for the Mahdi for that is that we've got this, like exactly as Afi said, this lower expectation that none of us can do it. The Muslims can't do it, so it has to be divinely something has to happen that will cause unity. But what we know already, and those people who promote that know, should know already, is that the Mahdi will only arrive after that unity has already come into place. So yeah. actually, we can't sit here being defeatist and fatalistic. We have to work towards that so that that unity is first there before the Mahdi even arrives. So, and that's why I think both of you have mentioned this political unity, um, leadership, the ability for someone to come and say, look, you're agreed on all of these things. So, you know, look, we're agreed on more than we disagree with and let's move forward together. And I think that's the biggest issue. Bro, you're talking about people today. Mm. Let's go back 1400 years. When the messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam passed away, and when the people like Abu Bakr and Umar when they heard that the people in uh, of the, the Ansar were, were uh, uh, electing appointing Khalifa, yeah. right? They rushed there, and what? And when when it was like suggested that look, we'll have one Khalifa from the Ansar and one from mm -hmm. Hajirin, Abu Bakr said, no, this is not possible. This would, this would, this is like, this would paraphrasing, this would be like a calamity for the Ummah, mm -hmm. right? Because it's obvious. You know, it's obvious that unity, right, is unilateral, and that's what keeps you together, mm. right? And and without that, you are basically you, you are a flock of sheep, without that shepherd directing you, right? You have the like Lafi said, you got all the ingredients, you got all the ingredients, you just need to put it together. And, you know, it's a bit like when I used to be playing Resident Evil. And you know you find this ingredient, that ingredient, but when you put it together and you get that proper ammunition to kill that main zombie, right? <laughs> you got the capabilities. You just need to put it together. So, so I think, to be honest with you, I think that the points that have, have been made in the same way, Rash. I think the only thing I would emphasize, just for the listeners, is that yes, 
this discussion, we should bring it back to the root of the problem. But what I have seen and what Rash warned about, and I have seen this over the last few years, is there isn't, and I think it's, I, there's something not right about it. It's intentional. It's this attempt to, to say that, listen, just deal with your, 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 you're living in Britain, just worry about your own things, what, what's happening, uh, your moon, your, your, you got your own moon, you got your own this, you got your own that. It might start off with the moon, but then it might even lead to other things like your issues. What are you worrying about what's happening in Jordan or in Syria? You got your own issues, right? Yeah, and, and you know now with the likes of um, some of this re reformist ideas, so even, I won't mention names, but okay, but you know, some scholars who are promoting kind of a re reform, they're mm. high, you know what they're saying? They're saying that we need to bring Islam up to work within the nation state model. Yeah, so their reformist ideas are about, okay, the HUD punishments need to be re-evaluated. That's one form of their reformism. But the other thing is, look, we're in nation states now. We need these nation states to work with one another for the betterment of Islam. But what that does is it says that nation states needs to continue. So, and you know, when these certain people speak, they're part of certain institutes who are the same institutes who are supporting some of these other movements. So mm. again, I don't know how much truth there is in it, but if you think about it, the, the same nation state propping up of nation states is happening from different angles and i think that's either intentional or a or a problematic thing that we're not aware of bro i i think it's intentional and, and that's the reason why i mentioned it other than that i want to sort of like bring it back to mm. the points that afi made and, and and then sort of leave with a positive message because mm. some of the points that you guys have made subhanallah man is it, you know it, it's it gives you that confidence and gives you that motivation and actually you know it, it shows that you know what it ain't as bad as as mm. as as it seems. Um, so you know, we want to leave on a, on a positive note, and and <laughs> because the, look, the reality is, is people talk about local sightings, right? You know, if hypothetically there's an Islamic state, not ISIS, even though the West would call it ISIS, which the proper Islamic state, right? And and the Khalifa announces uh, Ramadan or Eid. You're trying to tell me at that time there's going to be Muslims saying, actually, I'm, I see the moon in Britain. I guarantee you, every Muslim would be following the, the command, the, the, the instruction of the Khalifa. Yeah. Right? I, I can assure you that. But without a unifying model, like you said, you know, we're in this situation. So, so guys, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, you know, give off your last thoughts, um, you know, uh, in regards to what we discussed the Bali issue, the issue to do with Bangladesh uh, and this moon sighting. Um, I think Afi summed it up really nicely, but if, if, if you guys want to add anything, Rash, if you want to add anything before we sort of end the podcast. I haven't really got too much more to add. I'll just say that, you know, all of these topics have a, a similar thread amongst them. I think we just need to be a bit more aware of what's going on. There is a propaganda game being played against Islam. Um, be a bit careful of the different media and how they promote certain things and also be careful of some of the, the mouthpieces, you know, even the Muslim ones, because if you fall into that trap where you think, oh, that person saying that our brothers shouldn't be protesting, they should be petitioning or something. Sometimes it's very easy to go, oh, maybe that person's right, but take a step back and look at the issue with proper Islamic lens, look at what is for the betterment of Islam, look at, you can't be pacifist. You know, Islam is not pacifist. You need to do what's within your capability. If your mother 
was being degraded or someone was saying negative things about her, drawing pictures about her, you wouldn't sit quietly. But what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights to us is do what's within your capability. That's mm -hmm. what you're going to be judged on. So to be quiet, that's well below the standard of capability. To speak out, to help this kind of revival process of Muslims, that's the most important thing. And in the short term, sadly, we're going to see more of this. We're going to see there's going to be another episode in a few weeks, a few months time when someone else shows pictures or someone else says something negative. But we need to be prepared for it. We need to be prepared. And just because it's happening in, say, France, that's, it takes no time at all for those things to sp spread from one locality to the. So I would just say be prepared for these things and be prepared for your children. Subhanallah. Afi? I would say, and, and I hope this has come through, um, what we've talked about today, that it may look like Muslims are on the defensive, uh, because it looks like we're constantly under attack but there's reasons for this attack and that is because we have the truth mm. and the fact that those enemies of Islam see this truth not as those individuals they see this truth as the threat to their way of life and we should not be scared to talk about Islam with amongst ourselves and especially when the kuffar are attacking us because like we've, we've talked about today, we Muslims, we, are, we have the same problems, we feel the same pain, and uh, that which uh, gives us happiness is the same because it's, it's from Allah, and that which makes us sad is the same. And you know, we, we've highlighted that clearly today. Until we unify ourselves on these and elevate ourselves in terms of our mindset, our expectations, and think about what is the outcome that we want for ourselves and how is this going to be achieved? Nothing's going to be, nothing's going to change. So we need to raise our expectations. We've got everything there. Like you said, you know, we've got everything there. And once we, once we unite, we will be a formidable force. We are not weak. We are not, it may feel like it because of the constant attack, we are not weak. And the enemies of Islam know that we're not weak, hence why they're constantly attacking us from every single angle. But before they're attacking us, they're trying to separate us. But like Rash said, the nation states, why are they doing it? Why are they giving us the local version of Islam? It's because they want us to separate because it's easier to kill us off as an ummah bit by bit. But remember, we are united and that's what we've talked about today. That's the key bit. Don't let anyone tell us that we're not. Yeah, subhanAllah, man. I mean, you guys just sort of killed it anyway, so there's not a lot I can add. The only thing I will say is, from my own personal experience, is the time when, uh, you know, uh, pe you, people may say to you, the ummahs, you know, um, there's no unity and stuff, but when you do go to Hajj, when you do go to Umrah, um, you know, Afi, you know, we've been there, and uh, that, that, that collective feeling that you have is something which no one asks you whether you're there, Bandi, or Brailvi, or Salafi, or whatever. You understand, especially in Ramadan. Ramadan just, just, just amazing. I'll um, never forget when me and you, Maj, you, us two are in the university together. And that, can you remember that time when there was about eight or 10 of us together? I keep mentioning this to lots of people, but literally every single person was from a different country, but we were just all sat together, all talk, discussing Dean. And we didn't realize until we suddenly went, oh, that brother's from Egypt. That brother's from, you know, you were from Pakistan, Bangladesh, Nigeria, all over the world. Yet 
nobody looked at each other from a color point of view background point of view we were just brothers in islam yeah subhanallah man mm. and and you know the thing is is we are not yeah. susceptible we, we are always susceptible to being tricked mm. and this happened at the time i don't know i'm, I'm not going off on one here this is going to be closing bit, but i just going to mention this one bit that the time of the the companions the ansar the blessed ansar subhanallah their position in is islam is, is has been sealed the blessed ansar through the incitement of a jewish boy lined up the ausan hasrat lined up to battle they went back to their slogans and their banners of uh, kufr of uh, of disbelief of their uh, shirk and and the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam came and he said to them are you are you calling to these uh, uh, slogans these banners whilst i'm still here with you and then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know the, the ayat of the quran that hold on to the rope of allah and do not be disunited right so the point is is that in the same way this jewish boy went and incited and and, and if you read the story there was actually a jewish man who was from Medina and when he saw when he saw the also hasrat together he was burning mm. he was burning and he was like i remember these guys because one of the jews used to profit from them having a having battles right so that's why he you know out of his enmity and hate he spoke to the young boy and he said go there and start singing this poetry it's going to incite them right if it happened to them so surely it can happen to us but what was the lesson you have to hold on to islam and think about it the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam was the uniting factor yeah. and they were able to bond and they were cried after us they they like, you know out of the emotion they sort of like had a had a, had a lapse when I mean, they realized and they hugged each other because the unity was there exactly. the unity was there what we have to understand as muslims is there are people pulling strings out there mm-hmm. they're the problem not our fellow muslim brothers but inshallah you know guys uh just want to sort of bring the podcast to 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 a close in regards to ramadan you know i pray that uh we may even have a show before ramadan i don't know but uh you know hopefully you know for our for the listeners and the viewers we want to be doing some uh, some podcasts in ramadan um some of the viewers i mean those people who really listen to the show might have realized might have noticed a bit of a change in style normally we tend to do a podcast on one topic we've mixed it up a bit the thing is is we want to hear your views we want to hear your um you know your your get you take your advice you know even criticism you know where we can improve because we're doing this to benefit ourselves and and all those people that are are listening and the reality is, is we're just some muslim guys having a discussion okay and every one of us should be having discussions like this so you know definitely uh through our facebook medium or through our instagram definitely you know um give us your views whether you like this new change you know um because the point is is we're in this together um so that's that message also another way you can contribute and help is by subscribing to our social media mediums whether it's facebook instagram youtube um and all the other ones that we do uh subscribe like share share the the content if you find it beneficial share it so others can benefit as well and uh and if you have any ideas of what sort of topics you'd want us to do in the month of ramadan nothing's off the table suggest it and inshallah i will uh, have a chat with uh, brother rash and we'll see if we can come out with the uh, we can come out with a topic to address whatever you want to hear so on that note brothers 
a big jazakal hair to you guys first and foremost obviously rush your my resident uh, uh host slash co-host but brother afi joined us after a while and it was a pleasure having him on uh, so, yeah, so ahead, uh, for that and uh, hopefully we'll have another podcast soon and uh, for everyone out there who uh, listened or watched this podcast and uh, inshallah ta'ala we hope to see you on the next one assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh